Welcome to this virtual service at Westchester Chapel. Thanks for listening to this message that comes directly from God's Word. To hear more, visit westchesterchapel.org and click on Media. Now grab your Bible as we dig into it together. Tonight we continue our study of Live the Gospel of Christ. And last week, Ava introduced us to Paul's second letter to Timothy. We learned that this was written by Paul in a time of intense persecution of Christians, and it was a critical time for the new churches that followed Jesus Christ. And Paul wrote this letter during his final imprisonment in Rome. This would be Paul's last letter written to Timothy, who he affectionately called his son, who is also a pastor and leader of the growing churches. So Paul writes about these things that were of utmost importance. The things he wanted said before he left this this side of his life. And he talked about the need for perseverance and boldness in preaching the sound doctrine. And so that others could hear and be saved and equipped to carry out and on the ministry of Jesus Christ. So in tonight's passage, we are going to be looking at how Paul appeals to Timothy to continue the tradition of serving in faith despite opposition within and without. And I believe it will give each of us some insight into how we carry out our own callings and giftings in the midst of opposition. So we're going to be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verses 5, well, I'm starting at 3, so we'll be reading 3 to 7. So that's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. So the section starts in verse 3. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. So Paul begins this letter with a personal and affectionate greeting, telling Timothy he constantly remembers him in prayer and longs to see him. And then he begins his appeal to Timothy on how to carry out and on by reminding Timothy of his own personal heritage of faith. And verse 5 reads, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. We know a few things about Timothy and his background from the book of Acts. We know that Paul brought the gospel to Lystra in Asia Minor on his first missionary journey, and he was severely persecuted to the point of being stoned almost to death. But God raised him back up. And despite the severe persecution, the gospel spoke to many. And when Paul returned to Lystra later on on his second missionary journey, there were many believers. These believers spoke well of a person named Timothy. And we read there in Acts chapter 16, we read his mother was a Jewish believer and his father a Greek. And Paul and Silas take Timothy along on the second missionary journey to spread the gospel. And Timothy would have experienced Paul's preachings, his teachings, his miracles, his conversions, and with that, all the persecutions that came. We read here in this passage that Timothy's own spiritual journey, though, began before Paul came and brought him along. 
and began with two faithful women, his grandmother and his mother. And Paul reminds Timothy that their faith brought him to the place that he is. Paul knows that this is a sincere faith, not that of tradition, that is following your ancestors' faith, but that Timothy had a genuine, sincere faith, that he had a personal faith in relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul reminds Timothy about his heritage of faith that dwells in him, that he now carries forward that faith. Before we started this evening, I was so happy that that Rich shared with us about his own heritage of faith. And much like Timothy, his grandmother was a great woman of faith and a missionary. Uh, And of course, his mother came to know the Lord and raised Rich in the faith. And so Rich is an example, a, a very true example of how a family can bring along the next generation into this faith. Now, some of us may not have had that experience where we have had people of faith in our background. But I just wanted to mention that there's something that I always do, and that is I look back on the saints who went before us. November 1st is traditionally remembered as All Saints Day. And on that day, I stop and thank the Lord for all that, all of those who have gone before us, those who have been persecuted and faced terrible hardships so the gospel could come to a person like me. And I thank God for those people. And it helps me to remember that I'm part of a greater line of witnesses. And I fulfill a calling from Christ to carry that faith forward to the next generation. And this is the call we all have, is to carry this faith forward to those who are younger than us and in our current generation. So Paul appeals to Timothy to remember where he came from, to help him, to encourage him to accept the call that Paul's going to give him next. So let's continue reading in verse 6. And so Paul continues, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now Paul gets to the heart of the matter. He wants Timothy to fan into flame the gift of God which was given to Timothy and confirmed by the laying on of hands. If you remember back when we studied 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul wrote to Timothy not to neglect the gift that he received from the Holy Spirit. In context, it seems to be the gift to preach and teach the true gospel. Now Paul says in this letter, he says to fan into flame this gift. Fan into flame would have been a metaphor for rekindling a waning fire. And Paul is using a word picture here that would have been commonly understood at that time. Now, I have to be honest, I have never started a fire outside of my grill. So I had to go to my husband, Randy, to find out about how to start a fire. He told me that when he was a teenager in the woods in a snowstorm with a light jacket on, that he had the necessity to start a fire. He was lucky because he had a lighter with him and he gathered some kindling of dried twigs from an evergreen and he lit them and fanned the little flame and added more kindling until it grew into a decent fire. In biblical times, they did not have lighters. They would have had to start the fire by making a spark with friction uh, and wood or stone or metal. And it wasn't easy. And when the fire was waning, that meant it was burning down, there would be hot embers. 
and those would be very valuable to use for the next fire. And all you had to do was add more fuel and oxygen by fanning the flame. Now, Paul isn't necessarily saying that Timothy's gift was waning or dying out. But Paul is giving this word picture so Timothy knows to do the things that make his gift of great impact for the advancement of the gospel. That it would be a great flame burning for all to see and impacting those around him. Now, Paul doesn't elaborate here on exactly how to do this fanning. But we can infer some general principles that have been spoken about in other letters on how to keep one's gifts aflame. First and foremost, importantly, is to stay close to God. That's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the source of the flame and the source of the gift. Worship, prayer, study of the word, remaining close with the body of believers. These are things that help fan the flame, help us to use our gifts. And these things were continually talked about by Paul uh, in his letters that we studied, the worship, the prayer, the study of the truth. A second thing that Paul has talked about, which could flam the flame, is to use the gift. Don't let it go idle. Paul told us in 1 Corinthians that the gifts are given to build up the body. And there's a call from the Lord to use our gifts. So, and they're to be used for they are a gracious endowment from the Lord. And thirdly, a way to fan the flame is to give thanks for the opportunity to serve him with the gifts given. And we see Paul do that in many times in his letters. Uh, he did it in 1 Timothy when he talked about the humility he felt and how God used him to use his gifts to spread the gospel. So Paul says, fan into a flame. this gift. Fan it up. It takes, and it takes some action on our part. We have many teachers here at uh, Westchester Chapel, and I think I can speak on behalf of everyone that it takes a lot of work. It takes study of the scriptures. It takes time to prepare. It takes quiet time with the Lord seeking his words. It takes prayer and prayer with others. It takes discussion with other teachers. And as teachers, we have to be continually learning and listening. I can tell when I don't teach for a while that I get kind of rusty, and sometimes I feel spiritually dry. So our gifts are very important to keep keep working at with the Lord uh, in the way he wants us to use them. I want you to think for a minute what your spiritual gift is, and you might have more than one, but we know you have one. (laughs) So I want you to think about that. And what would fanning your gift into a flame look like? You might have hospitality, you might have a gift of helps, or you might have a gift of prayer. But the fanning still all applies that we talked about. You need to stay close to the Lord. You need to be reading the scriptures. You need to be in prayer. You need to be in fellowship. You need to use the gifts. So fan into a flame the gift that God has given you. Now, Paul adds one more comment to his message to Timothy, and that's in uh, verse 7. And we'll just begin reading at verse 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So there seems a possibility that there was something possibly with Timothy's 
personality or potential situations that he would face that could smother the flame. For Paul says to Timothy that God has not given him a spirit of fear. Fear. The word for fear in this scripture often appears in battle context, this particular word. It suggests cowardice or the terror that overtakes the fearful and extreme difficulty. That is the fear that makes one want to withdraw or run away or stop moving forward in progress. We know Timothy has experienced hardship and seen Paul endure much. Paul himself tells of his experiences of using his gifting for the advancement of the gospel. In Corinthians 11, Paul tells how he was five times lashed, three times beaten with rods, stoned, shipwrecked, in dangers of rivers, robbers, and other people, including the Jews and Greeks. And here he was in prison awaiting execution. And we know some things about Timothy from the other letters, that Timothy was considered young, and maybe he was a little gentler soul than Paul and needed some encouragement from Paul to move forward in leadership. And we saw it back in 1 Timothy that Paul encouraged him not to neglect his gift and not to let his age get in the way. So it seems particularly appropriate here that Paul, knowing his own hardships, Timothy seeing those hardships, and knowing who Timothy was, that Paul should write these words of encouragement to him, that God has not given him a spirit of fear that would stop the use of his gifts for the mission. But instead, Paul goes on in 7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. In some versions, spirit in your Bible may have a lower case. But in this section, it should probably be an uppercase, meaning the Holy Spirit. This makes sense because Paul is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, And later on in verse 14, he will close his discussion with a direct reference to the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit being given to us and not being a spirit of fear. So this is a great point to remember when we feel fearful about using our own gifts. God has given us the Holy Spirit, and of course, he is the giver of the gift. He is not a spirit that brings fear. But the Holy Spirit is the person of God that brings power, love, and self-control to us. The Greek word power, dynamis, is where we get the word dynamite. The Holy Spirit brings forth the power of God. And that was promised to the disciples by Jesus in Luke 36, 49 and Acts 1, 18. The disciples would receive power to carry out the ministry of bringing salvation of Jesus Christ to the world. This power was the Holy Spirit at work and is still at work in believers today. The Holy Spirit also enables love even despite persecution. Through the Holy Spirit, Timothy can have the same love which Christ had for those who persecuted and, and opposed him. This love that desires all men to come to the knowledge of God. And finally, the Holy Spirit gives self-control. Now, this is better translated as a wise head. He can help Timothy not to lose his head in fear. As we might say today when we see someone under great stress, he's lost his head. 
when you see someone make reactive and bad decisions. But Paul is saying here that the Holy Spirit can give us the, the wisdom to move forward. And we too can ask the Holy Spirit for this wisdom and he can give it to us to move forward and not go hide and run away in the fear. So our world is getting more difficult for the believer and persecution of Christians is on the rise and there's much opposition to the gospel message. But God is calling us, just like Timothy, to remember our heritage, to fan and deflame the gifts that have been given us and to use them. And finally, he wants us to remember that under opposition and even persecution, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us the Holy Spirit who helps us move forward in our gifts and calling with power, with love, and a sound mind. So I just want to read verse 6 again. For this reason, I remind you to fan and deflame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. So let me pray. Lord, we just ask now that you would help us to have the confidence to move in our gifts to glorify you. Being confident that you are the Holy Spirit within us who provides all we need to move forward in the use of our gifts, whether it be opposition from within or without. Let us turn to you to give us the power, love, and the sound mind to use the gifts that you have given and that we would use our gifts to the glory of your name. And I just ask this now in the powerful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. After hearing the message today, if you'd like to start a relationship with Jesus or rededicate your life to him, why not do it now? Pray with me right where you are. Lord Jesus, I turn from going my own way and I choose to follow you. Forgive me for my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross to cover them and rising again from the dead. I choose now to live for you and I receive your life into mine. Amen. If you prayed with us, get in touch through our contact page at westchesterchapel.org. There you can find more information on how to grow in your faith and where we meet. We'd love to have you join us.